You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Hey, y'all. Spooky season is here. And if you're looking for a show to whet your appetite for a little haunted history, then I'd like to invite you to check out Southern Gothic, a chart-topping history podcast that explores some of the most infamous legends, folklore, ghost stories, and hauntings of the American South. We've covered all sorts of stuff from the Bell Witch of Tennessee to the disappearance of the Confederate submarine, the H.L. Hunley, not to mention our deep dives into the local lore of some of America's oldest and most haunted cities like New Orleans, Charleston, and St. Augustine. So if you're ready for a little good old-fashioned Halloween storytelling with a commitment to quality historical research, then be sure to check out Southern Gothic today. It's available now on all your favorite podcast apps. Hey there, it's Chelsea from Crime and Crime Again. Katie and Nathan wanted me to let you know that this show contains a lot of colorful language, meaning curse words galore. So if that's not really your thing, that's okay. But if it is, you're going to have a lot of fun. I should also mention that if you listen to true crime, head on over to my show, Crime and Crime Again where I tell you the lesser-known stories that you may not have heard before. In the meantime, grab a drink and enjoy the show. Hi, this is Katie. And this is Nathan. And you're listening to Queen's Podcast, the show about badass women in history. talking about today nathan so today we are doing marie antoinette and oh it's gonna be a doozy episode yes it is so she was the last queen of france and bdw she totally didn't say yeah let's just start let's just start this whole episode with the preface of she didn't actually say the let them eat cake thing if you're not, you know, a nerdy history person like us, th- and you haven't ever researched Marie Antoinette, that's probably going to be like the one thing you know about her, is that is let them eat cake. So I just had to disclaimer that before I tell you what we're drinking today. Um, it is... Diabetes. Well, we yeah. are drinking diabetes. <laughs> I haven't taken a sip yet, though. It's called cake batter. It's... <laughs> here's the recipe, and you're going to be like, oh my god, it's like adult... Uh, cake yeah yeah. (laughs) so it's three shots of whipped cream vodka two shots of amaretto two shots of cream de coco that's clear and then one shot of godiva white chocolate lady godiva Uh, (laughs) sorry about it and it's got sprinkles on the rim yeah and it's got a little bit of cream but instead of heavy cream i use half and half i'm gonna post a picture of it on our twitter so you can see one there but it tastes like cake better shout out to amber lynn for guessing this uh Uh, the real clever uh emoji riddle that i put up on (laughs) facebook i did a i did a crown emoji and like a cake emoji and then like the death emoji so cheers to amber Amber. clink that was a good clink (laughs) so 
Maria Antonia was born on November 2nd, 1755 into a double royal family. Mm -hmm. Her family was royal as shit. Yeah, her dad was the Holy Roman Emperor and her mom was Maria Theresa. She was, you know, the Queen of Bohemia, Hungary, and Croatia. Uh, and Archduchess of Austria in her own right. No, I think that was like her most, that like, that was like her highest title. So that's usually what she was like referred to. Or, or the Empress of, um, Holy Roman Empire. Um... (laughs) She was badass, and we'll definitely do her own episode one day. But today, we're talking about her most famous daughter, who was her youngest daughter, who was the 15th of 16 children. It is like a litter of puppies. That is just... So, like, um, by the time that little Maria... Antonia was born. She was just Maria didn't get a whole lot of her mother's attention. Let's just say, you know, she's the last yeah. of sixteen kids. She put all her eggs in other baskets. So it was like I don't think that they ever planned for their youngest daughter to end up marrying. Into yeah, her. there's really like there were eleven total girls. I think three died in infancy. All named Maria. Yeah, yeah. All named oh, Maria. I'm so glad that makes it easy. But they actually went by their their middle, middle names. Name. So, so she was. Antonia. Her mother was an imposing figure. Yeah, that that's that's an understatement. I think that's but she, a fair uh, yeah, statement. She, yeah, I mean, she had been through the Seven Years' Wars. And she, all that. Oh, yeah, well, because whenever she first came to power, her cousin tried to steal it from her because patriarchy, and it started <laughs> wars and, like, the War of Succession and everything. Her mother was not to be fucked with. And um, later in life, Marie wrote, I love the Empress, but I'm frightened of her, even at a distance. When I'm writing to her, I never feel completely at ease. We always talk about, I feel like it's a running theme with our queens, they're all so well-educated, and most of them have, like, this love for learning. Marie Antoinette (laughs) does not fall into this umbrella statement. No, not at all. She just was, she... She got a grade A education, like the best education that money could buy. She just wasn't that into it. And her tutors were just sort of like, she's the youngest girl. Who the fuck cares? Yeah, they didn't push her at all. Sure, let her play the harpsichord all day. And they just like did her essays for her yeah, or whatever. A, and she, I mean, she did speak, maybe speak Italian, German, Austrian, and French. She should have been completely fluent yeah. in all of those and Latin. She, um, she really didn't care. She really didn't, <laughs> she was just, yeah, by the time she came into the eye of the French monarch, she was pretty much illiterate. She also would have been taught music and dancing, so. She loved that shit. Yeah. She ate that shit up. She loved to dance. She was a spoiled little kid who had everything handed to uh, her. Right. And not that that's her fault. No, that she was royalty. That's one thing that's about what... Marie Antoinette. People are always like, oh, she's like. Like, when I was researching her, I did, like, a Twitter search, like, hashtag Marie Antoinette, see what would come up. And it was a lot of comparing um, Trump to her right now, which made me angry. Cause huh. it's, well, because, like, no, he, you know, he's, like, on a golf course talking about, like, the people uh, in um, Puerto Rico or sounding so... Distant, um, almost? Distant. Like, he's not really yeah. connected and so to the like, people. Yeah, and they're like, oh, that's his Marie Antoinette moment. And I was like, okay. So Marie, Don't disgrace Marie, Marie Antoinette, Antoinette never like asked to become Queen no. of France. She never thought she would be. I'm sure she would have been much happier ended up being some random Duke's wife. Yeah, you know? and that's, I mean... What that, was initially meant for her. When she was still a baby with France and Austria, they decided they need to make an alliance to yeah. keep everything together. So Europe, all of Europe, was kind of um, at each other's throat. 
France was, you know, the creme de la creme. Like, that, those are the people you need to be cool with. So she was like, Austria and France have been fighting way too long. We need... We need to make an alliance. We need to kiss and make up. Kiss and make up, literally. So here's my daughter. Maria Antonia's older sister, Maria Elizabeth, was supposed to marry Louis XV. And Maria Elizabeth was, like, the pretty one. Like, everybody was like, this is the most beautiful daughter. Yep. And so, and she was also smart. You know, she was raised, in a way, because they knew, oh, we're going to marry her, too. She's going to be a major alliance. So she was much more educated. So Maria Elizabeth was was much more, her mother had been more strict with her. Her, She was... She would have been a good queen of France. She was going to marry Louis the Fifteenth, who, who you would remember from Madame de Pompadour. Episode. Yeah, the Madame de Pompadour episode. So her boo, she was, um, which is kind of gross because he was like in his fifties and she was a teenager. Um, but that's just how that's, things went. That's then. how patriarchy does it. They yeah. like their girls young when they're fifty years old. <laughs> but, <laughs> but then. Um, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a fun noise. I yeah. felt like making it again. But then Maria Elizabeth gets smallpox, and uh, it just jacks her face up. And you know the French people are like vain as fuck, as fuck, and they don't they didn't have like concealer like you have now. Yeah. Um, it jacked her face up. She survived, which not everybody did. So a bunch of people in her family, I think they had a sister-in-law that died from smallpox, so she never married. Um, so it's back to the drawing board. Who else can we marry off Who of else can we throw at them? <laughs> um, but then, in 1765, her, uh, Marie Antonia's father dies. She, she had a very warm relationship with her father. Like, yeah. I imagine, like, the she's mom the youngest, being she's the youngest girl yeah, and it's like the daddy's dad daddy's girl. girl like and like i can imagine like mom being like the stern discipline disciplinarian and the yeah. dad being like so you want a pony <laughs> <laughs> i get you a pony oh, <laughs> i get you five ponies <laughs> oddly enough the dauphin of france died the same year mm-hmm. leaving his 11 year old son the new dauphin yeah so they both lost their fathers in the same year which is a weird coincidence omg we have something in common yeah so the empress goes into like this crazy depression and just kind of forgets that her younger children even exist until it's time to make some alliances. A side note that doesn't really have anything to do with the trajectory of the story right now that I want to discuss. Around this time, this uh, French philosopher and writer named uh, Jean-Jacques Rousseau. Do you think that's how you say it? Good Jean-Jacques? job. Good, good, good job. I did do a summer abroad in Paris. <laughs> Parlez-vous anglais, s'il vous plaît. <laughs> Je ne comprends pas. But he wrote a book about um, a, some distaste for royalty. And in this book in seven, 1766, so Marie Antoinette would have been a child still in yeah. Austria, he wrote about a great princess that said of the starving, let them eat the crust off of the pate. Hmm. That sounds familiar. I think I've heard that somewhere. And then somewhere, and I didn't put it in the notes because I couldn't find it again. I can't remember if I heard it in a podcast or if I read it on a website, but I couldn't find it again. But I heard that the Empress, her mother, whenever they were in the Seven Years' War, somebody came to her and was like, the people have no bread. And she said, 
well, then they will eat meat. And it wasn't taken as like this, oh, she's saying the people can starve. Like, we don't care. It was more like a being like, our empress is badass. She's saying you will find a way to feed yourself. You know, like, so I feel like that let them eat this. They will do this when they're starving or whatever was sort of like a um, a trope uh, of the time. Yeah. That just somehow latched on. To Marie Antoinette, even though she um, never fucking said it, she never fucking said it. <laughs> this is fucking delicious. Pour me another one, Nathan. Okay. <laughs> I was not expecting to like this drink as much as I do. <sighs> so it's time for Maria Teresa to make some motherfucking alliances. Yes. Hashtag Tiger Mom. Yes. It's <laughs> no more fucking around. Antonia's sister, that was like her BFF, Charlotte, gets married off. Very much against her will. Like, I read about, um, she was married off to the king of Naples, and she, like, was crying and throwing a fit, and they were, like, literally, like, forcing her into the carriage. Like, Aww, you have to go to Naples. Like How lovely. I know. That shit. People were like, people were like, I want to be a princess. Okay, I'm going to force you against your will to marry this stranger <laughs> a million miles away. But most importantly, France was like, hey, um, over here, guys, we're still all about that alliance. We still need um, an alliance over here. We got to hit a we bitch up. <laughs> we've got an eligible 11-year-old bachelor over here. HMU, hit me up. <laughs> so they were. she was like, yeah, who can I send to France? Oh, my God, the little one. What's her name? What's her um, name? What's her uh, name? And to, and Elizabeth, Charlotte. Antonia. Antonia. <laughs> yes, let's send her to France. And France people come over to, like, check her out because mm. they want to make sure that, A, she's not ugly because they're vain as fuck. Yeah. And, B, that she actually can be... Like, she knows her shit. Like, she knows how to act in at court, that she's going to be able to talk to people from different countries Yeah, because, like, French court was the court it was, of all courts. Yeah, like, even in... Isn't this weird? Even in Russian courts up until the Russian revolu- Revolution in the 1900s, they spoke French. At, wow. And Russian court. Like, it was just, like, that was the court that so many places around the world, like, Idolized. modeled themselves yeah. after. Exactly. And, it, I mean, they would don these huge wigs mm-hmm. and these 70-pound motherfucking dresses. So, they're, so not just anybody, not any just podunk princess off the street is going to be able to handle Yeah, and this. in court, they practice ballet, and I have to give a shout-out to one of our former queens, Catherine de' Medici, for yes. bringing ballet yes. to the French court, so mm. if... Love her. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> so, the French are like, alright, we're going to come check her out. Um, this is when they find out, and Maria and Teresa finds out that she's fucking illiterate. Yeah, she's like, oh my god, my daughter is illiterate. She can't write. She can't read. She doesn't know the languages she's supposed to. Let's get her educated. Crash course on everything. <laughs> Big ol' rush to get her educated. So they hire, um, they hire like the best priest to come in and teach her theology. They hire actors to come in and teach her languages. They're just like, fix it, fix it before they get here. <laughs> they're on their way. Ah, they're at the door. Fix it. So a little birdie flies its way over to France. And France starts to hear little rumors that maybe, maybe she's not this, that smart. She might not be all that. Yeah. In a bag of chips. They make their way over. And luckily they've like taught Marie enough to where she's like, she can kind of pass. <laughs> she can make a C? Yeah. Maybe she made, she made like a C. <laughs> so the French then, they just bring, they when they come over, they bring their own tutors. Of course, they're French. By the time they arrive, yeah, she'd approved enough 
But the uh, French ambassador wrote back that she was more intelligent than had generally been supposed. (laughs) But that she was rather lazy and extremely frivolous. She is hard to teach. (laughs) You know what? Same. (laughs) (laughs) Same (laughs) Zs. They have a portrait made of her. You know, this is like whenever... She's 13 in this portrait. So they send this um, portrait back to the Louis. <laughs> King it's, Louis. It's basically and... her way of being like, hey, girl, what's up, Louis? Yeah, you, you it's, like, it's like send pics. And um, <laughs> she doesn't look 13 in this picture to me. You no, know, like she how definitely, they, like. She looks like she has gray hair. I mean, <laughs> she does. She does. I mean, she looks fabulous. But I mean, you can tell, but they liked what they saw. They were like, okay. She's pretty, so. So they said Louis said that she was pretty enough, but I really don't think he even, like. So, no, Louis the Fifteenth, the king, I think definitely thought she was pretty enough. The, the future, son. The, the, son. the grandson, the future oh, Louis the Sixteenth, yeah. I think, was like, whatever, can I go play with my locks now? Because that was his favorite hobby. <laughs> he was kind of weird. Locks. Uh, I wish you could see my face. I'm just like, yeah. I'm pretty sure he had like no interest in girls. No, he had no interest in. I mean, he was he was young. He was like 14 himself. Yeah. So I mean, I don't know. At 14, I was interested in boys. I was too. Yeah. (laughs) Guilty. But he was a late bloomer. Anyway, we will talk about him later. And the French decided that she needed to have a little little making makeover time. It's time for a makeover. She got a new hairdo. Oh my god, yes. New clothes, new makeup. But look at your teeth oh fuck they are jacked up um so i don't know that her teeth were necessarily jacked up but they just decided not straight enough for the, the dauphine f- the, 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 the fancy fucking french so they gave her the 18th century version of braces so fauchard's bandeau <laughs> google fauchard's bandeau and just see like a rough sketch of what they think think that must have looked like basically it looks like braces it looks similar it looks like the 18th century version of braces and i wonder i wonder how fun those were to wear <laughs> she only had to wear them three months so her teeth weren't jacked up but or it was or how fucking, fucking brutal brutal <laughs> the, it looks like so it kind of looks like an almost horseshoe shaped metal bit that then they have like threads they use golden threads to thread through and then thread through your teeth of course they'd use golden it's the french court and their people are starving but (laughs) we need golden thread for the princess's (laughs) teeth (laughs) all right let's just say it one more time it would have been fucking painful. Yes. <laughs> and then we'll leave it at that. So now that she's all beautified and looking all fabulous, it's time for her to get married. So in April 1790, they were married by proxy. And I think we mentioned proxy. Yeah, we mentioned times. proxy marriages, maybe in the Catherine de' Medici episode. Yeah, I don't know if we did. But it was like, they treated it like a real wedding. Yeah. She, her brother stood proxy. Um, the Archduke I, Ferdinand. I could just imagine, like, being... A 14-year-old girl marrying, like, doing, like, a fake wedding ceremony with your brother. I just keep imagining, like, myself just, like, <laughs> cracking up. This is a giggling, joke, right? Like, this is a joke, right? Like, um, but it, it was taken very seriously. And they had a reception just like they would for a regular wedding. And they had a betting ceremony, which obviously, like, they didn't. Nobody expected her to fuck her brother, but it was more of yeah, still like a, it was like a ceremonial formality. Yeah, um, to be like, this is legit. We totally swear. And then two months later, a Maybe month a later, month. one yeah. month later, she they were like, okay, off to France with you. So it's goodbye, Maria Antonia, and hello, Marie Antoinette. Marie Antoinette. Marie Antoinette. Marie. She was escorted by fifty-seven carriages. 
376 horses. And little Antonio is just sent off to France and never returns to Austria. Bye. She had to leave all her Austrian belongings at the border. (laughs) Including her dog. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's the saddest part of the whole story for me. And that's it. And that's the life of Marie Antoinette. Um, Have you ever watched the Sofia Coppola movie? Yes. So I've never seen it before I started researching this. I couldn't find it anywhere to stream for a product I already, like, um, pay for. So I watched it on YouTube. And where it's, like, all slightly fast-forwarded, so everybody has, like, Mickey Mouse voices. Yeah, they and, either do that or they, like, slow it down yeah. so they sort of like, yeah, um, really. But, like, we totally do not condone pirated... Anyway, shut up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that part made me... Like, I really liked that movie. I know it has really bad, like, reviews or whatever. Like, it's people not, it's hate not, it. It's not horrible. I really liked it. I really enjoyed it. I don't... I don't know. I thought it was good. But, no, that part where she's, like, they take her dog and she goes, because I guess that was the name of the dog, and they're like, you can have plenty of French dogs. But I'm, I could just imagine me if somebody like took my dog and was like, oh, we'll get you a new dog. I'd be like, no, Nuh-uh. I want my dog. Uh-uh. <laughs> We've been drinking. We've been drinking. Okay. But she was met by the king whenever she arrived. Her husband and a lot of actually people who would have been excited about this. I, I mean, I... At, at first it was. I mean, there were people that were skeptical because they had been at war with Austria for so long. But a lot of people were really jazzed about her showing up on the scene and at first she was a mega hit because Mm -hmm. i mean she's young she's beautiful she's elegant rich and people were pumped sprinkles are so good you are just chowing on those no i'm licking the rim of this cup are you rimming the oh don't (laughs) don't you fucking dare that was so i've lost my appetite (laughs) i've lost my appetite for rainbow sprinkles (laughs) i'm gonna move on to just straight vodka anyway (laughs) she um, was assigned to hang out with only like this certain group of aristocracy and and they greeted her when she arrived and france was really like micromanaging who she was seeing and what she was seeing well you know fair enough they didn't know it was aristocracy and they didn't know who she was so then they had their real wedding like for real real like two days later after she arrived like a huge wedding um it was at versailles which is about i think about somewhere between like 15 and 20 miles out of paris it was a big fucking deal they had like five thousand invited guests now versailles something to know about that palace is it was supposed to be called the people's palace so anybody could come to versailles like, even peasants could come to Versailles if they could make it there. Cars weren't a thing, so there weren't a whole lot of peasants showing up at Versailles. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, there were 5,000 invited guests, and then but there, there was were just, extra people that And there was just in. people, like, hanging out on the lawn, you know, yeah. like, having barbecues or whatever. Her wedding dress was a scandal in how extravagant it was. Like, when you see a picture of it, it's just... So, the actual dress doesn't, like exist anymore but yeah when you see like replicas of it like the one we have in our notes it was like the skirt was like four feet wide i'm sure they i, I remember like reading with the the costumes and such they would put like barrels yeah. on the side mm-hmm. on their hip side so heavy um the dress didn't fit like they got her measurements wrong they couldn't lace it up all the way so she had like these big gaps in her bodice where you could see like underclothing oh my god how so, like, embarrassing so there's like these big gaps of i mean i'm sure they weren't big gaps because i'm sure she was a tiny little girl but so the dress was like completely covered in diamonds so it'd be diamond 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 
big gap where you just see like her underclothes. <laughs> diamond, diamond, diamond. <laughs> her like the dress is like four fucking feet wide. Yeah, it was huge. Like that's ginormous. I bet it weighed like 70, 80 pounds. It was all those diamonds. Yeah. yeah. Diamonds are a girl's best. So the wedding was a huge fucking to do. Um celebrations went on for two weeks. <laughs> Party! My, my after party at my wedding went on till three in the morning, and I thought even that was a little bit over. <laughs> Huge to do. So I, I read a lot, like at the time, what did she really think about Louis, who she was marrying? <sighs> I don't think he was really that cute or interesting. He was a late bloomer. Um, I love that term. He, yes. <laughs> and he just was not interested in girls yet. He did like hunting, but, and like we said earlier, he liked to play with locks. Locks was his hobby, because that's a thing. Um, he was overweight. And a little not, chunky. Not known to have really good hygiene. Brush your teeth, bitch. Ooh. Yeah, and they said the whole time he was at the wedding, he just looked like he was shaking and sweating, and he just looked so uncomfortable. Oh, Lord. Which, you know, is really what you want of the next king. Oh, my god. <laughs> Someone that doesn't like attention. Oh, my god. I really think, um, just like a side note that I think will come into play more later, I don't think either of them, neither of them were ever groomed to have this role. I mean, Louis was to an extent, but his dad was supposed to be king before him, but yeah. his dad died. And so it's like, oh, my God, surprise king. So neither of them, I don't think we're ever ready to rule really prepared Mm -hmm. and it's like some people are natural rulers neither of them were some people are naturally like command an audience that's neither of them Mm -mm. and then sometimes you'll see in royal marriages one person being headstrong you'll see a lot like the consort the wife like making the husband you know be powerful and that wasn't it didn't happen. It didn't. So, spoiler alert, in case you don't know how Marie Antoinette's life ends, it wasn't it wasn't good from the get-go. So, on their wedding night, after a long night of celebration, they were um bedded. Bedded. It's the bedding ceremony. These are always so weird. Um the king walked him to the bed that he had blessed. Um there was like an archbishop that gave them like blessed night clothing or whatever. Special Jesus nightgowns. Yeah, so so the, the arch the archduke gave them or the archbishop gave them special Jesus nightgowns. <laughs> special Jesus baby nightgowns. And everyone watches while they get undressed. Why are these bedding ceremonies so weird? But at least nobody stayed to watch the deed. Okay, that's true. But also the deed did not happen and the deed did not happen for seven years (laughs) like and word got around court the next morning like oh they they didn't actually have sex last night and everyone was a little annoyed but it's like well they're young they're kids they'll do it tomorrow They'll do it, it'll eventually happen. Seven years. Um, anyway. So her life as Dauphine wasn't exactly what she expected. <laughs> no, I mean, court at Austria was nice, but France was just a whole nother level. And also, people there were catty. I, like I said, I've, I lived in France for a summer, and the French people don't sugarcoat what they think of you. Like, no, it's very and so like she's walking around. That's one thing that struck me from the movie is like she's walking around like the halls of Versailles and people are just like, give the country a baby already. Like, why aren't you doing your wife? Like, just very blunt to your face. And so I'm sure she was sort of like, oh, whoa, what? 
what did you just say to me? You know, type thing. And on top of that, there's all this protocol. Like Ugh. I was saying, like in the court, they would do ballet and you have to do this foot this way and that thing and do yeah. this kind of bow and do that kind of this. And, and do you this, remember this, this. in the, if you haven't listened to the Madame Pompadour episode, um, go back and listen to it. But remember how everyone was so pissed that he had picked a royal mistress that wasn't like from the proper pedigree. Yeah. There were like hereditary jobs for everything for these royal adjacents. Like the person that um, puts on your shoes. Her mother has put on the queen's shoes. For and her years. mother and her mother before her. And so she had all these people she had to learn about and like oh it sounds exhausting. Yeah. But I just really feel like she was lonely. Her husband had like zero interest in her. And, I mean, he was nice to her, but I don't think he she was like, felt at home. Yeah. And the um, the king was really nice to her, um, but a lot of the women at court were really bitchy to her because they were jealous. They were being catty. They would play tricks on her to get her to do, like, the wrong thing. Like, little things, like, oh, this is the right spoon to use. <laughs> that was the wrong spoon to use. You You're know, supposed like, to use the third one from the left, yeah, not she did, the second. She did make a couple of... <laughs> friends her two best friends at court i want to one day do bad and bougie episodes on um but one was a duchess and one was like a princess of savoy she didn't have a whole lot going on for herself you know and her mother obviously started to butt in hashtag tiger mom her mom had (laughs) spies at the french court (laughs) like one does and why you haven't had a baby bitch (laughs) why haven't you consummated your marriage oh my god what are you doing which makes sense because if you don't consummate your marriage then they can just call the whole thing off yeah, no, uh, unconsummated marriage is, you know, not a legal marriage because France was still very much, like, tied to the church. Like, the monarchy was tied to the church, and so if you hadn't done the deed, then you could put your wife aside. Her mama had, like, spies yeah. sitting there watching her every move, and they would, like, send letters to her. And I'm just, I'm just imagining them be like, dear milady, <laughs> they still haven't boned. They still have not boned. Sincerely, your spy. Very worried, <laughs> love spy. <laughs> so the... French press would put out these pamphlets. We don't know how to say them, so we're just going to call them libels. I'm sure it's like libelle or something like that. yes. That sounds more Italian. Yeah, it does. That sounds like what the Pope would say. It looks like libel, but with an yeah. extra L-E-S. So, but we're just going to call them libels. So the uh, French press put out these pamphlets called libels. And they took ridicule to a whole different level. But I think of like English tabloids now. Like American tabloids mm-hmm. are bad, but the British tabloids... Are like brutal, fucking yeah, way too invasive, way too, and so that's what I think of these. And that totally fucked up their relationship too, because you have people like they're, gossiping all this nasty. They're like shit spreading about you. rumors that she is a lesbian, and so that's why they haven't had sex, and, and that she's infertile because they, the, they couldn't say these things about the dauphin, the dauphin. Dauf- so they're saying it about the dauphin. Oh, she's infertile. Oh, she's really a spy from Austria. Oh, she's really a lesbian, and that's why she's not pregnant. I like, read some. Somewhere that they did think that later on, obviously, that the king may have had ding-dong problems. So, I read that too, but... I don't um, know how accurate they do, it they is. They don't, think, they don't think it's accurate because, like, they said, oh, he had ding-dong problems, but then he had ding-dong problem surgery. But, like... I would love to know ding-dong sur- surgery in 1760s. <laughs> but, um, the same... In the time where he would have had ding-dong surgery, <laughs> there, which is the technical term... There's, like, records of him going out hunting and, like, riding on his horse, which he would not have done. If you had ding-dong surgery. If you had ding-dong surgery. (laughs) 
So, you heard it here. <laughs> Queen's podcast. Louie most likely did not have ding-dong surgery. <laughs> so there were letters from her and her mother that survived. And in 1771, she tried to calm her mother's anxiety. I'm like, hey, bitch, we're, we're going to try to do this. This this letter, like, really kind of breaks my heart. She says, um, she writes to her mother, because her mother's like, why aren't you pregnant yet? And she writes back, I still hope for the best. He really loves me and does everything I want and will conclude everything when he f- feels less awkward. So, she, so she's just like, Mom, he's going through an awkward phase. Like, we'll get over it. We're just, just a teenager. We're kids. Come on. So four years after her wedding in 1774, <clears throat> Louis XV died, and her and her husband became king and queen. So um, Louis Marie was, is now queen. Yeah, Louis was 19, and supposedly he got on his knees and said, God, help us. We're too young to reign. I couldn't find out if that's like real like if she's if that actually happened it or could not. have been made up by the french revolutionists later on but they really were they were too young and inexperienced they were <laughs> they were not neither of them had been um they didn't have that quality not, to be a leader yeah and they weren't set up for success mm-hmm. and yeah and they still didn't have any heirs which also made them unstable um Marie didn't have any political power at first. I don't think she wanted any political power, really. She didn't have a mind for it. She wasn't even... Yeah, like when he... At his coronation, she wasn't also crowned. Because people were like, well, no... They haven't slept together. They haven't consummated their marriage. She's not oh really our queen. Gosh, she must have been so bored. Uh, and embarrassed. You I know? would have been too. Like, why aren't you they, naming me the queen too? Like, why are you being a bitch? Yeah. So, well, I don't think Louis made any of the decisions. Not Louis, but the people yeah. like, forcing um, that down on her. So, Louis could tell she was bored. So, he gave her this like grand estate and was like, go to town. Do your thing. She spent a bajillion, which is French for a bajillion. Uh, a she bajillion? Spent, <laughs> she spent a bajillion dollars on it and like, was hosting parties. renovating it. And this is when she started, like, staying up all night, partying, gambling. Um, she would have, like, these lavish parties that would last all weekend, but... She didn't have anything else to do. And like, I, I read that a lot of times that's what the that's what the nobility did at the time. Was well, they, yeah. they but, they gamble, they threw parties, and they... But I feel like if she would have had something else to do, if she had been like, okay, instead of, let me give you this estate and all this money to redecorate it, let me give you this charity, and you're in charge of this charity. Like, somebody should have been yeah. giving her... it. Well, ideally, at this point, it would have been like, here's your baby, take care of your babies. But like, she didn't have one. And not because she didn't want them, so she was like, Whatever. You know what? I'm just going to throw these big fucking parties. And that started, that spending and all that started to draw this attraction into her Yeah, because, um, I mean, France, even though one of the most powerful nations in the world, was, their finances weren't great. And so it was, it was attracting attention from, like, the common people of, like, okay, I'm having problems finding work, but cool, you just redid your mansion. Yeah, even her mother wrote her and was like, bitch, I'm hearing about you spending all the way over here. Yeah, no, her mom and writes her and is like, hey, so I hear like your people can't afford bread, but you just like redid a mansion. Like maybe, 
don't like, do don't that. Don't do that. Mm-hmm. Like, it's going to make you look bad. And you should listen to a woman who's been one of the most powerful women in Europe for years and years. You might as well take her advice, but they're also, here comes these libels again. There's the little tabloids started coming out that she was having affairs with both men and women. Um, The majority of it, if not all were rumors. I would say like 99.9% yeah. were rumors. Um, I mean, she definitely was having big parties or whatever, but I just, like, there were rumors that, because Louis' brothers were much better looking than he was, so there was rumors that she was sleeping with her brother-in-laws and stuff like that. False. False. Fake, Fake news. news. Ah, jinx! <laughs> oh, do I owe you a Coke? No, but you have to be quiet for the rest of the podcast. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> oh my god, I, I'm gonna punch and you And now in the it's face. the Katie show. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> she would allow these hairdressers to, like, come into her, you know, little boudoir and go fix her hair to get ready. Yeah. But you can't have a man in your room. Like, oh. just having a man in your room, oh, my God, you're sleeping with him. Yeah. And so she would invite these women to court that were, you know, they were part of the court into the rooms with them to be like, yo, look, nothing's going on. He's, he's fixing just, my hair. He's just doing my but hair. But then they would make up rumors that they're all sleeping together. Uh. Like, so it just continued to, like, it was just Nobody like. Nobody comes out of an orgy with perfect hair. No. So <laughs> she's coming out with perfect hair. The glove does not fit. You must have quit. If her hair looks good. If her hair's there, then no d- don't stare. happened. We'll work on that later. <laughs> we'll come back with a better rhyme. Hey, okay, that's a fucking anyway. enough. Let's have some babies, damn it. Yeah, so the empress was like, I can't. I can't. Like, I'm just imagining her sitting at home with, like, her hand and her head. Her head in her hands being like... I can't with this non-consummated marriage anything. What the fuck are they doing? And so she asks her son, Joseph, who's the Holy Roman Emperor, go figure out what we need to do about this situation. He wrote to their other brothers that the two of them were a couple of complete blunders. Yeah. <laughs> I was, that made me laugh so hard. Like, <laughs> I just, like, he was like, there's nothing physically stopping them from doing it. It's just that um, she has a lack of interest and he is unwilling to exert himself. So what what do you do as the brother? Louis likes to hunt and he likes locks. So, so Joseph takes Louis hunting and It's like, we hey, really, see those animals in the forest? Yeah, we don't know. We really don't know what they say. But we can assume that he probably was like, Hey, here's a lock, here's a key. Get it? Or he was like, Oh, you see, see those, those animals, animals see they what they're doing. Do That's that. how you make a baby. <laughs> <laughs> I genuinely don't think anybody had sat him down to teach him that. I, I don't think so either. And I don't know that anybody had taught Marie either. Like, So they're just like, wait, what are we supposed to do? They're just like, I don't... And I mean, I guess everyone just assumed they are young people. Their hormones will figure it out. Because you know what? When I was... 19 no one needed like yeah, when i first exactly. started liking boys i no one needed to tell me what to do i figured it out <laughs> <laughs> you slut i know <laughs> i said neither of them were like naturally lusty people i guess no. like but yeah so whatever they talked about whatever they did um she was pregnant soon after <laughs> babies it worked Woo! victory is mine oh 
babies, babies. Around the same time, France entered the American Revolutionary War. Hashtag thanks, France. Yeah. Messy. <laughs> Maria had nothing to do yeah. with this, but this put a tremendous strain on the people. Yeah. Okay. So quick lesson about the French tax system at the time. <laughs> French accounting 101. French <laughs> accounting 101. There was the first estate. Like so the so the people were broken up into estates. Three estates. Three estates. Um the first estate and that was like the church. The second estate which was like the nobility. And the third estate was everybody else. The which was um 95% of the people right. were in the third estate. The first and the second estate didn't pay any taxes at all. So you have like your richest people. So they didn't pay taxes on their wealth, which makes me think they probably paid taxes. On property? Yes, which it, it makes me think of Mitt Romney. Like, because like. Loopholes. Yeah, well, so, like, right now, like, you pay more taxes on the money, like, in America, you pay more taxes on the money that you get out of your um, paycheck, so that's your earnings, your wealth, than you do um, taken out of, like, how they tax investments. So, it just makes me think of when Mitt Romney was running for president, they were like, you pay so much lower taxes than the average American person. And he was like, well, because very little of my money comes from earnings. And so they looked it up and he had only, in quotation marks, made $200,000 that year from earnings. Uh, But still, like the average person's like, oh, only $200,000. Yeah, right. Oh, very little money. Um, Maybe that was Mitt Romney's... uh, Marie Antoinette moment. <laughs> Probably. But anyway, so... So the um, first and second didn't pay taxes on their wealth. Yeah, so they're paying all these taxes, and the other people aren't paying any kind of the burden that they are. And during the French intervention in the U.S. Revolution, Louis did propose that the first and second estate pay more taxes. And surprise, they said surprise. No. They said no. Yeah, they were like, no. Which is French for no. No. No, monsieur. Somehow, Marie gets blamed for this whole thing. They just escape and, and amongst the, the, the common folk, the, the 95%, yeah. that she was called Madame Deficit. Madame Deficit. What, bitches? Fuck. Like, she did nothing. She was just an e- easy target. She so, was just an easy target. The French people aren't seeing a lot of benefit from being a part of the American Revolution. I mean, think about it. But they are seeing a revolution you know so like yeah. that's kind of kicking themselves in the ass foreshadowing <laughs> <laughs> hashtag foreshadowing there might be a revolution but in i mean the if you think about it the french are like why are we paying for the americans to be independent what are we going to get out of it yeah except for fuck the english that's the only reason they did it yeah and, and maybe canada like didn't they get parts of canada mm-hmm. like they got like a little part yeah of canada. sure i mean they don't speak, <laughs> a lot of people still speak french in canada yeah, so they got a little piece of let's say they got canada but anyway <laughs> let's get bougie so we're gonna talk about petite trianon so after the birth of their daughter louis oh, oh so they had they had a daughter named marie <laughs> surprise what was her name marie therese so they named her after her mother so they had a daughter named marie and then I guess they called her Therese. And so, yeah, as like a push present, uh, Louis was like, here's a little mansion. Petite Trianon. And she would go and like pretend to be a peasant. What? <sighs> so th- it was like trendy at this time for like the aristocracy in France to like play peasant. 
It's like playing house. Like they would go and milk cows and they would go and like get the eggs out from underneath like chickens or whatever. Crazy. They would go like be shepherds. But the thing is, they weren't they weren't really doing these things because people would come and put clean eggs under the chickens. So the Marie wouldn't actually have to reach into like whatever a chicken's egg is covered in when it's actually laid. And so she'd like go and milk the cow, but the cow had been bathed and scrubbed and, you know. So how much money did that cost to like keep They're hiring people to clean cows. I don't know. So you can play (laughs) fucking peasant. And so all the peasants are like, um, you can come milk my cows. <laughs> like, yeah, like, come to my house. We actually need that done. Oh, and I also read that, like, so they'd milk the cows straight into, like, these fancy porcelain bowls and oh stuff like gosh. that. And it's just like, and so, yeah, of course, the peasants hearing this are like, um, so I just milk my cows into a bucket. And like, then I pour it and into then, a glass. And my, my, my pigs are covered in shit. Why don't you come help me? With all this over here. It just showed this, like, huge disconnect, disconnect. That, that Yes, that's the everybody. perfect word. Just like, a she huge was, disconnect. She did not understand And it's it not, I mean, it's not great, but I also don't think it's really her fault. No, not at all. She was never... She never had to do that. So, for her, going to play peasant was like, oh, I get to find out how people actually live. It was just, like, live. a fun thing. But like, she didn't realize that, no, they don't live in... 30-bedroom petite mansions. They live in one-room shacks. So she's like, I'm connecting with the people. No, bitch, you're not connecting with the people. No, you're not. You're making it worse. Okay, then then there's a sad story. Her mom dies. Yeah. Her big, powerful, amazing mother is gone. And they really didn't have the greatest relationship, but I'm sure it was rough on her still, though. Still, it would have been rough on her. And also, um, since she... Hadn't had the heir yet, like the she, boy. The yeah. boy. Um, she was worried that this was gonna destroy um, French Austrian alliances, mm. which I do think maybe opened her eyes a little bit to politics. Like she had been oblivious, like oh, other people are handling that, and now she's like, oh shit, my oh, mom's shit. dead. It counts. It. Uh, do I need to do stuff now? Like, that's the first time she, like, actually started to get worried about so that stuff. So her brother, the Holy Roman Emperor, came to visit, and the Libels saw this and spread all these rumors that she was funneling <gasps> Austria's money. It's like her mom just died. Of course her brother's going to come visit her. It's you like know? the National Enquirer times 500. Ugh. Like, any step she takes, they're just ready to pounce on it. And but say, I guess her brother was a lucky charm because soon after he comes and visits, maybe he just reminded Louis, oh hey, you have to fuck her again to get oh, yeah. more children. Put but... your key in her lock. <laughs> um, and turn it. I guess no, that's not how it works. Anyway, <laughs> but anyway, what have you been doing in your spare time? Maybe that's why I don't have any kids. <laughs> um, anyway, another baby. Yay! And this time it's a dauphin. Yay! Yay! Finally, finally, she has a son. Name Louis Joseph. Again with a Louis. With a fucking Louis. And he's born in 1780. So if you're keeping count, that is 10 years after they're ma- they got married. <laughs> they finally have their heir. Which, I mean, it. some people, it takes a long time, but it's just because they weren't fucking. Oh anyway. My God, they were so excited. Finally, they had Yay! a little boy. And so then uh, Louis and Marie just kind of went and done their own thing. They're like, we've done our job here. And they kind of, she went back to her petite palace, and he went back to his keys and locks, and then she meets 
Axel von Fersen. So dreamy. Oh, oh my god. Okay, so, so dreamy. I'm sorry. My seat's moist. Well, they would have. Um, that's disgusting. And also, <laughs> they actually. <laughs> Sorry about it. Please never say the word moist to me again. <laughs> um, they actually would have first met in the 1770s. He fought um, in the U.S. Revolution. Yeah, yeah. He was a, a guy in the... He was a guy in the U.S. Revolution. But um, around this time, she gave him, like, rooms at the Petit Trianon. Is that how you say it? Petrian- yeah, Petrian- yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Trust yourself. I'm just going to say the Petit Palace. I like that better. So, yeah, no, she gave him apartments and, like, a place to stay. And so, of course, rumors started to fly. Um, that she was having love affairs. Yes. And you know what? It was very common for royalty, especially in France, both kings and queens, to have affairs. But you waited until you had your heir and it. your spare. So she had her heir. <laughs> we, She had to have her spare. So I, I don't think... I don't think Marie Antoinette is the smartest queen we've ever covered, but I don't think she was dumb enough to have an affair until she had her heir in a spare. And that rhymes, and we should write a song about that. Her heir in a spare. Then her affair. Yes. Oh, this is happening. This is happening. Uh, The mixtape drops next week. So I also read this about the British historian um, Evelyn Farr in 2016, released that book about the letters. Yeah, so yeah, there was this... um, there was this British historian who, like, did some digging because supposedly all the letters between the two of them had been destroyed. And she, mm-hmm. like, did some digging and she found, like, maybe his family, like, gave some I up read or an article where she, like, found some that were, like, in invisible ink. Oh. Like, where they had written to each other on paper and then you have to, like, do a certain thing to it to make it. I saw it on, it was People magazine yeah so i'm thinking (laughs) maybe it's right but invisible ink in the 1770s what i don't know mind blown i don't she had um so like in some of these letters supposedly in 1792 she wrote to him saying i love you madly and never ever could i exist a moment without adoring you and he wrote to her in 1791 my god how cruel it is to be so close and not be able to see each other I live and exist only to love you. And so, in normal circumstances, if a friend came to me and was like, I'm cheating on my husband, I'd be like, that's not a good thing. But, I mean, Marie and Louis loved each other, but it wasn't like a romantic love. No, they really didn't. So, I like to think that they did have an affair, and a long affair, from the looks of it, these letters from the 1790s, if they met in the 1770s. I like to think they did, just to think she had some romance in her life. No, and to be honest, I think he had the Jorah Mormont syndrome. Oh. Like, from Game of Thrones. This is not a spoiler ha- alert. No, no, I hadn't thought about it's, that it's at all, a, where you're just in love with the queen. Yeah, it's not a spoiler alert, because, I mean, from season one, Jorah Mormont's yeah. been, like, for Danny. If you don't know that Jorah Mormont is in love with Danny, then you haven't seen a single episode So, I think of he's just, like following her around, adoring her because she's nobility and she's eloquent. And yes, that's the French for elegant. <laughs> eloquent. I think they did. But maybe that's just fantasy because I want her to... Oh, she was so... You want her to be in love. I want her to be in love. Either way, the rumors didn't do her any good in the eye of the public and yeah. any of the other royals. But hey, more babies. 1785 
babies. More babies. More babies. Oh, like I said, the mixtape drops next week. Um, could could they name him anything else but Louie? Of course not. Oh, well, it's the heir and the spare. They have to so, be similar. So I got Louis one and Louis the sequel. No, so um, this one was named Louis Charles. Good. Oh, God. Come up with a different name, please. I know. I know. So now that she's officially done her, her duty to France, you think she'd be able to just go just, on and, and the people life, And the people would like her. They'd be like, oh, you've done your duty. Because at first when they didn't like her is because she hadn't given them. An heir. Yeah. And now she has. An heir and a spare. She makes her, one of her best friends, the Duchess of Polignac, um, she gives her the position of, like, the royal nanny, basically. And people fucking freaked out. Because, again, that was supposed to be a hereditary position. You were supposed to inherit that from your mother who did it. And, so they basically um, pissed, not only were they pissing off the common folk already, we already know they were pissing off the common now folk. Now they're pissing off the... Aristocracy. Yeah. So now you're pissing off the nobility, so you have no one to run You to. chose a nanny of your own choice? And also, from but from reading about the Duchess of Polignac, I'm kind of... I'm kind of surprised that that's who she chose for her nanny because that's who every like. There's still, I watched this movie the other day about her and the Duchess of Polignac's supposed lesbian relationship. Like it's still like a regular rumor. It's a conspiracy theory. Like, where's your tinfoil hat? Please put uh, it on now. The movie I watched was actually really good. I can't remember the name of it, but it was all in French, and it was about Marie Antoinette and uh, this Duchess. Duchess's supposed like um, lesbian relationship. I don't think it was true at all, but it was a really good movie. <laughs> <laughs> but this like reminds me of Pompadour, how she was like a normal class yeah. person being raised up to this mm-hmm. really super high level. So all these people that have been waiting their whole lives to be like the queen's shoe fitter yeah. or the queen's hairdo. Or now like what? Uh, what what am I supposed to, to do with my life? You're just gonna give it to this woman? And in uh, 1786, she actually had one more daughter. She had another daughter. Marie Sophie. Sophie. So, of course, another Marie. But this one (laughs) is Sophie. And so, you know, they would just call him by their middle name. There was a British duchess who actually swore up and down that she knew on good authority that that last daughter was actually Axel von Fersen's kid. Ooh, that's von Fersen's baby daddy, baby daddy von Fersen's. Mm -hmm. Anyway, uh, her reputation after this time um which was about 1785 or so just took a complete and total nosedive and i really do think it was like a perfect storm it was a perfect shit storm so there was a like a number of things that contributed to this yeah number one being the affair of the diamond necklace oh my god this This shit is fucked up makes me angry like, it makes me so angry. So the affair of the diamond necklace. Back when Louis XV was still around, his main mistress after Pompadour died was uh, this woman named Dubarry. He made her, he had this ridiculous diamond necklace commissioned for her. Y'all, go look it up. It's like... Radonka donk I mean... So anyway. in modern money, it costs... $14 million. So there was this woman named Jean de Lamont, and she was the mistress to this cardinal. Marie hated this cardinal because cardinal had once, in public, spoken ill of Marie's mother. 
and the cardinal was writing letters to the queen and she started to respond but well that well no so um his mistress was saying like oh i'm um i'm working for the queen and he was like oh please send these these letters to the queen tell her i'm sorry da 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 so then when she started to respond though it was actually his mistress uh, who had like copied her handwriting like learned how to write like her shady bitch it was a shady bitch so she started to respond but actually it was it was still Jean de Lamont. the cardinal decides how these letters are so affectionate that me and the queen must be in love oh my gosh obviously no. obviously she's writing such kind words to me and so he starts writing to her being like I love you and da 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 and then she writes back in quotation marks because it's actually still Jean being like, oh, yeah, I totally love you, too. Super cool. Anyway, there's this necklace I want. <laughs> yeah, and I think the way, like, I, I read about this where that she would sign it, like, the Queen of France or something, and that's not how she yeah, actually she w- signed her she name. Yeah, she would sign it Marie Antoinette de la France, and they wouldn't. She wouldn't go by that. Yeah. She would go by her first title, her second title, her third title. Yeah, like, yeah, it wouldn't be. They don't have surnames. Yeah, you know? exactly. Like, so that's how they knew later on that yeah. it was a uh, an, an imposter coming in. The mistress, this uh, Jean lady, which actually, at one point, the cardinal was like, "I need to, I need to know this is legit, so I, I need you to arrange a meeting with the queen in person." And so Jean, little Jeannie, goes and hires a prostitute that looks like her. Like there was this prostitute in town that was like known. People would like, God, this is a shady lady. People would hire this prostitute, like that was her shtick. She looked like the queen. And so she hired this woman, and they met at night and, like, dressed her up like... I bet she made a... Well, the prostitute made a killing. I'm sure. (laughs) So anyway, after that, this cardinal was like, yes, I'm on board. And so Jean sends a... Brings a letter to him saying, "Um, I really want that um, Dewberry diamond necklace. Um, I've asked Louis to buy it for me, and he says No. Will you go buy it and I'll pay you back in installments? And he's like, yeah. He's sure. like, oh my god, yeah. Let me let me go get it. And it's sad because he even goes to the jewelers and shows them the letter as proof. Like, no, I have the backing to buy this. Here is are the letters from the queen. And at the people of the um, the jewelers were duped too because they're like, oh yeah, that's obviously the queen's handwriting. Cool. That'll be $14 million. And the Cardinal uh, was just like, cool, here it they is. They were way more gullible back then. Oh. Way more gullible. And so he goes and gives it to Jean, who he thinks is like a lady-in-waiting to the queen because she's a good liar. Yeah, and that bitch takes the necklace and then goes to England and breaks Well, her off. husband goes yeah, to England. But they break up all the pieces of the diamonds and sell it just mm-hmm. in pieces. Because, I mean, there must... Look at this picture, Nathan. It's how many diamonds. How many diamonds do you think are in that necklace? And you can just break up all those diamonds and pay, like, oh I mean, God. if I had to guess, I would say there's at least a thousand diamonds in this necklace. It's you know, ridiculous. It's, the cardinal decides, well, I, I'm going to go give this to her in person and request an audience with the king and queen and presents it to them. And Marie's basically like, I, uh... I, I don't want, what are you talking about? Like, I didn't ask for this. And he's like, um, pretty sure you did. Here's all the letters. And she's like, uh, I don't sign my name that way. That's not how that's, I sign my name. That's not how I sign my name. That's I don't not me. use a certain. I don't know her. No. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and so Louis goes into like this fit of rage, has the cardinal arrested, has Jean de Lamont arrested, 
Um, Jean de Lamont is publicly whipped and branded. Like what they the fuck? like branded with a V, which I think was I don't know, V for vendetta. I don't know. Uh, that's I, don't right. know. <laughs> it, I tried looking it up and it was like, what is the French V word for, a liar? for bad guy? How did you like forced labor after that? The Cardinal was acquitted, which, fair enough. I don't think he had, like, malicious intent in his heart No, But... I mean, he was a Cardinal. He's trying to shack up with the Queen. Yeah. (laughs) But still... Because he thought they were really in love. (laughs) So, if his biggest crime, I think, is being a little stupid. And the Cardinal was acquitted, but now the Pope was pissed that he'd been put on trial by the state, and uh, not by the Pope. Not by the Pope. So, the Pope's pissed at him. And then the rumors start flying that Marie Antoinette actually orchestrated the whole thing to get back at the cardinal that was on her shit list. What in the actual fuck are they talking about? That's how hated she was. Haters gonna hate. I just gotta shake, 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 shake. Are you Taylor Swift? Shake it off. Shake it. So Marie Antoinette was like, I just gotta shake it off. And they were like, no. Which is, again, is French for no. (laughs) <laughs> so her baby girl princess maria sophie dies um, it was more commonplace back then for like babies to die but still it's still heartbreaking yeah it, it doesn't make it any less of a devastating deal. and so 1787 and 1788 were really not good years for france the country was on brink of bankruptcy gee thanks american revolution i think we may have had something to do with that people are literally starving louis asking marie's advice more now like she's got they've been married for a really long time at this point and so she's kind of got some more um influence and um she appoints a new minister of finance she's the buddy of marie like their homies yeah, so it didn't go great. They decide to pull together all the nobility, a.k.a. the second estate, and they vote on a new tax reform. Surprise, surprise, it fucking fails. She is trying. She is trying to help these people. So hard. And so it's hard. not her. It's the people against the people. It's just like the it's people It's the aristocracy. The and what I think was the problem, and we can go, this is backtracking to whenever she promoted her friend as the governess. Yeah. It, she pissed off the nobility, and now the nobility is turning on her. Well, also because they don't want to pay more money. No, because and they don't. No and it's like, well, oh, you have the most money. So Louis <laughs> calls the estate general. The estate general hadn't been called in like 150 years or something and this is when he called you call the first second and third estate together kind of like a congress yeah you know to try to figure this out um but the first and and second estates have the same amount of representatives well so no okay so the thing is he actually as like trying to be like i am so nice to you he gave the third estate double the representatives but the way it worked so let's say the first estate votes one way. That's one vote. Everybody in the first estate, they have to pick one vote. Everybody in the second estate has to pick one vote. Uh, Everybody in the third estate has to pick. So, yeah, I've now let you go from having 90 reps to having 180 reps. But, but still, your vote, your vote counts, counts as one. one. There's three votes. And, and so it was like such a 
pointless. Like, he's trying to be like, oh, look at this nice thing I've done for you that does absolutely nothing for you. Right. It's like instead yeah. of the top 1%, we have the top two-thirds percent or the two two brackets. The yeah. Two, but like, still, it doesn't. But again, I don't think he was a good, he just, he was just kind of stupid. And he thought, this will make the people love me. And the people are like, no, that doesn't change shit. What I know. It about? just all went to fucking hell. And viva la revolution. Viva That's la revolution. Fucking pissed everybody off. Like, oh, well, the commoners are So, off. of course, the first and second estates keep pulling together. And they overturn the third estate. Ugh, and Marie a, was just, she was just a figurehead. And it's a fucking shit show. They started that. calling her, um, they'd call her Madame Deficit before. They started calling her Madame Vito now. Lord, it was not her fault. She probably was, helped to, like, oh. try to make it happen. And then, um, if that's not enough, that the country is just, like, hating her, her their, their eldest son, their heir, died. So, King Louis' health hadn't been, you know, really great lately. He stressed uh, the fuck out. And this devastated both of the parents. I mean, they were... Marie, was, uh, they were just devastated. I mean, but it was two of their children died in two years. You know... How could you not be? But... I mean, this was the first time that, like, the citizens did not give a fuck about the death of the heir. Because they're like, who the fuck cares? My kid's dead. Usually there would be this huge, like, like funeral whole process. country in mourning. This went pretty much unaccounted for. The citizens, the people of the third estate, are like, yeah, cool. Two of my kids died last month, too, because they're starving to death. Like, I'm... They didn't feel sorry that you... Yeah, yeah. Like, to be fair to them, my kids die every day, and your special exactly. child Exactly. Why should died. we mourn for your kid? You're not mourning. I don't exactly. care. Exactly. But she had plenty of other political blunders with so, that. Okay. So, okay. I would love to do a whole episode just on the French Revolution, but that's not what our podcast is about. So we're going to have to sum some things up. If you want to look up the following things to understand the French Revolution, here's what they are. The Uh, storming of Bastille. Yeah. um, As a result of Marie and Louis possibly maybe trying to call the Swedish army on their own people. Oh, Lord. Not the Swedish no, army, the Swiss, Swiss, Swiss army. Swiss army, not the Swedish, the Swiss. Corner, corner. So the tennis court oath was basically like the third estate showed up to the meeting of the like quote unquote Congress and the door was locked on them. Boom. Locked. And then the French people, this is another one, they draft up their own Declaration of Independence. Thanks, um, Thomas Jefferson. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> so the moral of the story is that the French people are mad as hell and they aren't gonna take it anymore. Some nobility got the fuck out. Can you fucking blame them? No, there was like some nobility that were just like, oh, so y'all got this handled. We're gonna go. Like, um... <laughs> The Duchess de Polignac that we talked about earlier, she got the fuck out. Her and her family. And I wouldn't let you know that this stuff is revolting against you. And this so is around leave. the time, I mean, everything's really coming to a head. This is around the time when the rumors of, your people have no bread. There was famine and they are starving. And she, the story is that she said, no bread. Well, let them eat cake. Which, it took me a while to understand what that meant. It's just, it's supposed to come from somebody that is so privileged that she doesn't understand that if you're out of bread, you also don't have access to cake. <laughs> you know? Well, and, and to also be fair, like, 
if you don't have access to bread, cake is not exactly. nutritional. Yeah, but but also like, she just wouldn't get it. She wouldn't it's get not, it. It's not like cake is not something that you can live off. Yeah, of. cake cake is a luxury that peasants don't have. Yes, yeah. it's something that um, that isn't nutritional. Though I did read. Okay, so there was this type of bread that was kind of more what you and I would consider like angel food cake, like a fluffy fucking okay, bread. Yeah, yeah. And you were a vendor at a market, and you ran out of regular bread. So um, you have the regular bread in stock, and then you have the more expensive bread. When the regular bread in stock completely runs out, all the bread vendors are out of it, you have to sell the fancy fancy fucking bread at the same price. So Uh, if she did say it, like her defenders are saying, oh, but she meant, oh, they're out of bread. Let them eat the next one. You know, the more expensive one, they should be selling it at the same price now. She was trying to be sympathetic. Yeah, though, but I still don't think she ever said it. No, she didn't. There were people saying, like, if she did say it, this is what she meant. Yeah, absolutely. But anyway, she didn't say that, but still. People in Paris were rioting like wildfire. It was a shit show. And can you imagine just being like, I was supposed to have such a cush life here. And now you're like ransacking me and like storming my Versailles palace and trying to kill me. Oh, so the woman's march on Versailles. Oh, this is the bomb. Like the the original women's march. So we, again... We could do a whole episode just on the Women's March of Versailles. Um, so if you're very interested in learning more about that, go and listen to the Stuff You Missed in History class. Two thumbs up. Two thumbs up episode about the Women's March on Versailles. Um, but Basically, it's just a bunch of angry women, women storming around Versailles. Wimings. Wimings. Limings. So, so these, um, these wives and mothers are can't feed their family, and so they're all like, Let's fucking march to Versailles, which would have been a whole day march for them. And so it's like these shit little ladies and like a few. I think I think actually Lafayette was in there. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And and they were screaming this nasty stuff. So they get like, there, yeah. They get there and they just break the fucking. I mean, I know it's the People's Palace, but not this common of people before <laughs> this point. It'd been the People's Palace of the people that could afford. To dress themselves properly. And these are like your regular fucking peasants rolling in in their shoeless feet and their rags. See, and I can, like, as much as I love Marie Antoinette, I totally get the revolution side of it. I totally get I totally, I, I feel like where, she was just the wrong person at the wrong time. Yeah, they were fed up with... Thomas Jefferson actually said if there had been no queen, there'd be, there'd be no revolution. And Lafayette wanted to send her to a... A convent at this point and really if she would have been sent to a convent she would have fared much better than well that's usually had. what i mean that's what they it's said just she with... became a figurehead yeah of like all this shit is going down and we need someone to blame you know what yep, i mean exactly anyway so the women's storm versailles oh yeah they run in and they're scream. they are they are out for blood. They are there to kill the queen. And they had a chant. I wish I knew it in French, but it was um, uh, make lace out of her guts. Ugh. Like. Ugh. Uh, Is that even possible? No. Asking for a friend. <laughs> Katie. Asking Katie. for a friend. Is that a thing you can do? <laughs> no. Lace is made out of fabric and you don't make fabric out of guts. <laughs> Sorry to be real. 
I don't know. I'm going to have to look into this. So anyway, they're like, um, we want the royal family to move where we can watch you. We want you to move to Paris. So they move to... The Tuileries. Tuileries Palace, which is in Paris. Life at the Tuileries Palace was... They were trying to make... They were trying, For the most part, being normal They were trying to act like, oh, no big deal. Our people just ambushed us and forced us to live here. But Marie Antoinette did, at this point, try to make everybody know about her charities she was working on. She was trying to be normal. She was trying to be a good queen. To be fair, we haven't mentioned it up to this point. She was always dedicated to um, unwed mothers. No, she she actually paid for a little boy to be raised. Yeah, she had lots of charities, and like a lot of them were about unwed mothers or poor children or whatever. I think she could have taken a note or two more of Madame de Pompey. Like, she should have, like, had a school or She should have made that front and center. She shouldn't have been on the DL about that. Yeah. But anyway, so now she's like, oh, shit. Hey, everybody, I'm having this luncheon for these poor kids. Isn't that a great thing? The commoners are skeptical. The people are like, um, oh, how convenient that you now have these charities. Even though she had had them all along. So. But how much do you really bet she was tripping out the whole scared time about this scared for her life yeah i bet the whole time no matter what she did these french tabloids the libels 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 with an l-e-s i think it's libraries i think that's how you say it la biblioteca la biblioteca is still around and are people like sorry we've We've been drinking. <laughs> I've been drinking. I think we're on drink four now. This shit is delicious. I really didn't think I would like this drink. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and no matter what she did, the tabloids were out to get her. They were out for were blood. Trying. Well, I mean, it's the revolution, and they've been the French people have been paying for a revolution, and they've been paying for the American Revolution, and they're sitting here going, "Hey, wait." The we, shit at home is not right. We can revolt. So why am I sitting here paying for this other person to go get independence when I can do it? The family was like, y'all, we got, we, I'm afraid for our lives. So let's, let's GTFO. Let's get the fuck out of here. <laughs> let's get in a carriage. Let's go. And so they dressed up as um, a Russian baron's family. But, oh, fucking Louis. <laughs> Louis always fucks it up. Fucking Louis. Bless his heart. He just sucked so bad at being king and everything. So they were like, um, okay, let's get in the carriage. Let's go. Oh, well, no, we have to use a royal carriage. And people were like, well, eh. Okay. Not really. <laughs> fine, but if that's what you really want to use. Okay, here's the royal carriage. Okay, let's go. And he's like, oh, but so-and-so's not here and he needs to tie my shoes because that's his hereditary position. Get down and tie and your own shoes, bitch. Well, no, it was more like, I don't want to offend him. He's not here to tie my shoes, so we have to wait for him to get... His escape plan was completely thwarted by protocol. Like, yep. he was like, if I don't wait for the right carriage driver to get here... Then I'm not going to be safe. Yeah, or like, like these people are going to be mad at me. They tried to escape to Austria, which seems, I mean, they're neighboring countries... And that's um, Marie's hometown, hometown, home country. So it makes sense that that's where they would try to go. Well, no, they were caught. Ah, shit. They were caught. So they get into, they get in the carriage. They finally, everybody loads up in the carriage in the royal carriage, which is very fucking obvious. Right before they hit the Austrian border, they were caught. And they were driven back to Paris 
through like jeering crowds, people being like, fuck you, what are you doing? You were going to Austria to wage war against us. But then when they got back to Paris, they were exonerated. They were like, um, cool, you, oh, let's just say you were going on a vacation. <laughs> <laughs> you were just going to meet the people. It's fine. It's fine. And so there's a lot of shit that goes down here, obviously. Again, so we skipped a bunch of the French Revolution yeah. earlier. We're going to have to skip a bunch of, get, a bunch of shit now. But uh, let's talk about a few highlights in here. The September so, Massacre. Oh, my God. The September Massacre. So we've, we haven't mentioned her before, but uh, or maybe slightly. Marie's best friend. Her very best friend in the world was, um, I forget her full title, let's just call her the Princess of Savoy. She was murdered in the September Massacres. Head cut off. Y'all, like, friend, her family, like, tried to save her so hard. Just say that you hate the queen. And she's like, I can't say I hate the queen. And they're like, okay, say you... Did this. Say you did that. And she's like, okay, I was treasonous. Okay, I stole. But say you hate the queen. She's like, I can't say I hate the queen. And so they threw her to an angry mob. Her very best friend. Her head was cut off and paraded throughout the city. That's so fucked up. Like, seeing your best friend. They tried to put it, like, they put it on a stake. And, like, um, where Marie Antoinette, like was was in jail they tried to put it in front of her window so she would see it but the guards had closed the doors or closed the shutters i'm still sure she could hear them um so so anyway september massacres look those up the the nobility the mobility the mobility let me pour another drink (laughs) the nobility struck every one of their titles everyone was like instead of you being duchess duke you were a citizen you were or a citizeness yes like everybody everybody was citizen. and then the, oh my god an angry mob finally just fed up they storm the tuileries palace and demand blood and they take the whole family prisoner yeah and marie antoinette was just like let let's just go can you imagine? Because she's got her two surviving children with her. Her husband, who's not a strong-willed person. They had the Swiss Guard. Um, there was a shitload of them. There was, there was a shitload of Swiss Guard guarding the Tuileries Palace. The mob killed every single one of them. Of course you're going to say, take it, let's go. You know, they just killed, like, armed soldiers. So they took the whole family as prisoners. And uh, being a prisoner, not so fancy anymore, is it, Marie Antoinette? Mm-hmm. I mean, because so, they were kind of prisoners at the um, Tuileries, but... Yeah, they were, but totally it, wasn't, different. it wasn't as hardcore as this. So in mm-hmm. June of 1792, they were taken to prison, referred to as the Temple. They were, like, legit prisoners yeah in december of 1792 louis goes on to trial so they got taken there in june and louis doesn't even go to trial until december can you imagine those six months of just what do you have to do they didn't have tv (laughs) like you just pace around your cell being like oh oh well i've got a lot to do today and look in this wall i hope my husband's still alive or whatever these four walls are just amazingly beautiful Uh, what else can i do i would go crazy i would go crazy so in january of 1793 louis was put on trial and condemned for his crime so So they gave him a last meal yeah so like they're like you're gonna die but they gave him like the luxury of you get to have one last meal with your family so it's like in you know modern day last supper 
I don't know. Like, it does not sound anything like the Last Supper that no, we've heard no, about. No, no, it's not. Because Marie, the whole time, like, he's having dinner with his wife, his sister, and their two kids. And Marie and his sister, the whole time, were just Balling. wailing. Like, Balling the whole I mean, time. Can you I, blame her? I would be, too. If I know this is the last time I'm ever going to see my husband, he's going to be executed in the morning. Yeah. Like, you know your husband's going to die. That's not, like, even though you weren't really super close to him. Well, I think at this point, by this point. By this point, they are. So then Louis told his family um, after the dinner, he was like, no, I'm going to I'm gonna come see y'all in the morning before I'm carted off. And that was a lie. He was yeah, not going to come. and he said it to his son, too. Like, he tried to be like... Hey, I'll be fine. Oh, he told his son, if you grow up and, and you become a man and you become a man in power, do not seek revenge. Promise me you do not you will not seek revenge. And this poor little eight-year-old kid is probably like, oh, I don't know what revenge is. <laughs> cool, Dad. See you tomorrow. So would it have turned up differently if his dad would have been like, seek revenge? No, because a little kid died. Really <laughs> <laughs> so long story short, Louis was decapitated in January 23rd, 19, uh, 1793. 1973. They kept no. him alive for a really long time. Yeah, he was no. a hippie in the 70s. He was brought, he was brought to <laughs> <laughs> He was brought to the guillotine in governor's um, carriage. So it was like a closed carriage. It wasn't. It still wasn't like a carriage of ability, but it still was like a nice carriage enclosed. So and, um, Marie was officially a widow. She was a widow, and they called her. They called her the widow Capet, which doesn't make a lot of sense because Louis' surname would have been Bourbon. Yeah, but maybe they were just trying to like. Everybody knew the Bourbon family. So, like, so um, the the Capets, like, what I read on the Capets was it was a French nobility that name. his family was it a was branch from of male heirs. So they just the like were like, what's the most common name we can plan to call? So you? they yeah. refused to call her the Widow Bourbon, and we're like, no, we're gonna call you a widow of another family's yeah. name because we hate you. And surprise, surprise, Marie was fucking distraught. Like how I imagine I would be, just like an absolute mess, you know. And people didn't know what to do with her at no. all. And like there was talk of like maybe we'll ransom off, ransom her off to the Holy Roman Emperor, who at this time was her nephew. Or maybe we'll just fucking exile her. But and yeah, she could have raised an army, put her in a nunnery or something. Dip I me wish, to a nunnery. I wish that they would have ransomed her off to her nephew. She had never met her nephew, but I'm still, I'm sure that they. I mean, France and Austria were already going to war. I'm sure they would have play, paid a really heavy price for her. But unfortunately, that's... Not what happened. Mm. Spoiler alert. So it was decided that she should go on trial, and she was moved to yet another prison. But her children stayed at the temple. I think that's what hurt her the most. And she she heard horror stories about how they were treating her son, which I, I, I think... Die. I I think I think are totally founded. They would like beat her son. They would tell him, you know, you're a bastard. Your parents didn't love you anyway. So just just to get out of him nasty things to say about his mom so they could use at the trial. Uh, and and one day whenever she was being escorted out of the temple, she hit her head. Mm-hmm. And someone asked like, "Hey, yo, chick, are you okay?" And she said, Nothing can hurt me now. Which, fair, 
fucking enough. Right? I mean, of course nothing can hurt you. Your husband's dead. You know you're going to go die soon. You're never going to see your kids again. Nothing can hurt me. I don't care if I fucking hit my head. Whatever. Right. Bye, Felicia. Marie was tried on 17, October 1793, and she wasn't actually present every day. Yeah, a lot of the trial was just like people talking about the shit she did. It was it was a kangaroo court. You know what I mean? There was they no... even they literally even had her son testify against her, saying that she had molested him. And that's the thing. Like whenever, so when they go to actually like the day that she actually comes to court and asks her to testify, every thing that she was tried for, they were like, "How do you testify about um, treason. treason and the theft?" And and she just completely ignored it. But then they were like, how do you plead about the molestation of your son? She whipped her head around and basically gave the 18th century version of the fuck did you just say to me? I thought that a human nature would excuse me from answering such an imputation, but I appeal from it to the heart of every mother here present. Yeah. So she's basically being like, y'all can say what you want to say, but don't. Tell me a single mother in this crowd that says that that's not a disgusting thing to ask me. You know, i.e., how fucking dare how you? How fucking dare you? Regardless of that, <sighs> uh, viva la revolution! She was found guilty. Of course, she was, and she was sentenced to death on October thirteenth, and then beheaded on October sixteenth. She was taken from her prison to the guillotine. In, uh, guess what? An open carriage. Yeah, no, that's the crazy thing. So, Louis was at least brought in, like, the governor's carriage. A closed carriage. For her, they brought her into the kind of carriage you would bring somebody who is being beheaded for stealing bread. Like, some common... It's criminal. a sign of disrespect. And like, it's, it's mean. It, that it, they were doing that to her. So, anyway, so she gets... They're like, this is your death. This is when you're gonna die. She goes back to her cell. She wouldn't eat. The, um, guards had to force her to eat like it was so sad that reminds me of uh catherine of aragon a little bit yeah like she had that whole like i'm not gonna eat she wrote a letter to her sister-in-law that said my god have mercy on me my eyes have no more tears to weep for my poor children so her kids are i mean what what else does she have to be on her mind nothing People that hate her, she just have her children that she's like she must be convinced that her kids are gonna get beheaded after her and oh my gosh so she was she was brought yeah she was brought to the guillotine in the open carriage and like people like throwing cabbage at her not bread because i didn't have any bread as we've already (laughs) discussed they're just throwing shit at her and like yelling at her like you would a common criminal and so she and guess what her her final words were not let them eat cake her final words were sorry i didn't mean to yeah she gets up onto the guillotine stand what would you call it the, the platform the kneeling the guillotine state the stage of the guillotine <laughs> and when she was going up the stairs yeah she tripped over the executioner's feet she said i'm i'm, I'm sorry monsieur Désolé, monsieur. i don't know how to say i didn't mean, mean to, to. In <laughs> super didn't mean to can you imagine i feel like since we've started doing this show when i think about people that are like getting executed like Olympias and I'm sure Anne Boleyn coming up when we eventually do her you know you're about to get killed you must 
feel like you're walking on jello is the best way I can. Yeah, you you yeah. must have so of course she tripped over. I mean, harken, harken back to our like first episode of Lady Jane. Lady Grey. Jane Grey. That's yes, you one. you know what's happening, and you're trying to be brave because she was brave. There, there's several people from the French Revolution that were not brave, but she was brave. She just went up there and she did her deed, which was getting her head cut off. But I feel like your legs must have felt like jelly, like jello. And so yeah. when you trip over somebody's feet, it's gonna happen. So good for her to have the wherewithal to be like. Sorry, didn't mean to do that. I I love my Marie Antoinette. <sighs> so then, so when most people think of Marie Antoinette, they obviously think of like the elaborate hair yeah. and the elaborate clothing yeah. and all her. There was some updo that was on point. Like she had, she had like, one that was like they put a ship on top of it. Yes, she like, was. The Nathan exact, has this really cool. Um, model he got ship. That, he got this model ship and an estate sale. And I actually thought about when I first walked in about like how I've heard about he, she had this big bouffant hairdo with a ship on top of it. Yeah, and she <laughs> also had like a comet hairdo because there was like a comet in France during that time. Hell, and, why not? Yeah, and they thought that the comet was going to hit France because they're so self-centered. Do you think we can find some like you, YouTube tutorials on how to do our hair that way? I'm pretty sure we can. It's <laughs> not a deal. <laughs> so besides Queen's that, podcast. Besides that, she was born in a huge royal family, and nothing was really ever expected of her. Ah. She was the last of fifteen. I mean, sixteen children. The fifteenth of that, and she never expected to be the queen of France. Mm. And I really, honestly, think that that got the best of her. She was reigning at. Probably one of the worst times to be no, in nobility. No, it was the perfect shitstorm. It was the time when all the monarchs were being revolted against. Yeah. You know, to be honest with you, I think she'll still go down as being remembered as one of the most fabulous and beautiful and gorgeous queens ever. And you know what? She never said let them eat cake, but I think we should have a piece of cake for her. And be like, bitch, this is delicious. Cheers. <laughs> Marie Antoinette. So thanks for listening, guys. If there's something you want to hear, you know, just hit us up. You can email us at queenshistorypodcast at gmail.com. Or find us on Twitter, um, queens underscore podcast. Um, or on SoundCloud and Stitcher. Follow us on iTunes. It's uh, Queens Podcast. All one word, like smushed up like Queens Podcast. And leave a review if you're, uh, you know, you have the time. Yeah, we'd love it. Um, follow us on Facebook, just Queen's Podcast. Our music is by K Sparks featuring Beyond Belief. Belief. Belief! <laughs> Thanks, Thanks for, for li- listening. Bye, guys. Mwah. Hello, everyone. It's here. And I'm Gabby. And we are the hosts of History of Everything, a podcast which you can probably guess by the name is, well, I mean, it's about everything. Do you want to know why people thought potatoes were evil and would give you syphilis? Are you curious about all the stories of the terrible and stupid ways that people have kicked the bucket over the years? Do you want to hear tales about all of the different badasses of history and the lives that they had brought to life? Well, if so, then look no further. History of Everything is just the right podcast for you. It's available on Spotify, Pandora, and anywhere else that you get your podcast from. Join us for some fun and just see how weird and wacky history can be.